You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. And Alhamdulillah, for a long time, we haven't had our good friend, Michael Tehran, Dr. Michael Tehran, who is a, a clinical psychologist. And in this world of hustle and bustle, in this world of traffic, there's a lot of traffic on the freeway, but the traffic in your mind, who oh, it can take you to places undreamt of. Yeah, it's always talking, it's telling you something. Hey, you simply the best, or you simply the worst, or is there something wrong with you? Is there something wrong with that one? You are judgmental. You judging others, others judging you, and you opinionated, and they giving their opinion. What do you do when you're in this jungle of contradictions? Well, you're thinking mental health people. You're thinking about negative self-talk. What to do when your inner critic, you know, gets a little too loud? Hey, you're going to enjoy yourself this evening, people. But uh, let me welcome uh, you with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and Dr. Michael Tehran. Good evening, and tell me how you're doing. I'm very good, thank you. Just a correction there. I'm I'm not uh, cl- registered as a doctor. I'm just Michael Tehran, the clinical psychologist. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> just call me Michael. Yeah. I want to make him a doctor, people. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm talking to them, doc. I'm not talking to myself. Uh, yes, people. All right. Okay. Mm. All right. Can you read my mind? What do you I think can. they told me? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Well, you know, I mean, this is such an interesting topic, you know, where you talk about mental health and negative self-talk, you know, what to do when your inner critic, uh, you know, gets a little too loud. But, you know, my thoughts at the very beginning is, you know, it depends the situation that you're in. I mean, a prisoner who's in a solitary confinement, what happens to him? Then you get someone that's sitting, you know, gone to the church and they're confessing to the priest. And you get someone that are sitting alone at home and they got that me time. There are different circumstances, different reactions. But how would you know that you're crossing that boundary? You know, they say um, a genius is on the brink of insanity. Hmm. Talk to me, uh, Michael. Well, you know, I think the important thing to, to, to take into consideration is that 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 negative self-talk, that um, inner saboteur, that inner critic, there are there are numerous names for it, is is constantly present uh, when when we're awake. And most of the time we're actually unaware of it because we believe that it's it's us. Um so what I mean by that is, yes, it, yes, it is us. It's, it's our mind. But those thoughts are not necessarily our thoughts. They're the thoughts of that inner critic, that, that, uh, that inner voice, the inner saboteur, whatever you, whatever you want to um, call it. And a lot of the time, it's not based on fact. And it's it's irrelevant to the situation that we find ourselves in. So, uh, a, 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 a very silly example: you are in the mall, and somebody walks by, and they've got far more shopping bags than you, and that negative critic starts going, "Yes, but if you weren't so careless with your money, you would you would be able to shop like that." And this is all your fault, and it just cascades, and it, it gets completely out of control. And it's our job to catch those thoughts and to challenge those thoughts because they're not necessarily based on fact. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, we are looking at an article both you and I. We have it, mm. and it says, you know, self-talk refers to your internal dialogue. It's the ever-present uh, present commentator who constantly analyzes your thoughts, behavior, and the environment around you and insists on giving you its assessment. Sometimes it's your friend taking you up, reaffirming your decisions, and encouraging you to not be too hard on yourself. But most of the time, it's not. Uh, You know, most of the time, it's not. So in other words, 
the negativity will outweigh the positivity, Mike? Absolutely. And, and you know, the thing is, is, is that what's very important for, for everybody to understand is that you can change that. You can definitely, if you put in a conscious effort, you're able to change it. There's 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 a multitude of theories as to as to the origins of this, um, where you know in 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 prehistoric days or, or or when we were still living in caves, we needed to be very alert in our environment because we could be eaten by by a lion or or something like that. So we were we were constantly primed to look for the negative in situations. Um, that's that's the one theory, that's the evolutionary theory, for example. But if you think about it, when from from the time we're born, we are receiving input from the environment. So there's this constant stream of information that's coming to us as we as we grow older and and as we evolve and as we develop as 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 people. And our minds are, are, are almost geared, as I say, to, to kind of look for the negative and, and to look for, 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 the, for the danger with, with, within our environment. And, and it just builds over time until eventually you, you become your harshest critic in just about everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, our, our, you know, this, this, this internal thing, we have our mind, we have our thoughts and all these things. Uh, you know, it can be like a chronic habit of anticipating uh, the worst uh, case scenario because it uh, tends uh, to attribute the mishaps in our lives to our own wrongdoings uh, doings rather than to the inscrutable world around us. Uh, this is according to our inner critic. And we're not just uh, pitiful, uh, pitiful victims of a badly dealt hand. We are the car dealers ourselves. Absolutely. Now, you know, that, that, for me, it's like a conundrum, conundrum that you, you know, you, you, you're putting right for me, uh, Mike. Mm. Uh, for, for the listeners, I mean, are you the expert in this field? <laughs> yeah. I want you to explain that in layman's language, please. Uh, what, what would you like me to explain? Oh, we are pitiful, pitiful victims of this badly dealt hands. Like it says, you know, we like uh, dealers ourselves that card. But who's giving us uh, uh, those bad cards? Are we choosing it ourselves, okay. or is it being well, dished out to us? So, so, so realistically, um, the world the world is not an easy place, and every day we are we're faced with challenges. Um, you, for example, <laughs> don't have any water right now. Okay, um, so so life life is not life is not easy, and the problem is is that if that if that inner critic, who is 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 sensitive to what's not going right, okay, so so when we when we're focusing on that, it's very easy to look around. And, and, and see what's wrong with the world. If you think about it, the newspapers, um, news, news sells because of the, the, the bad and, and the, the shock and the horror. And um, nobody's going to watch a news station which is, which is, which is saying how lovely the world is. Um, so there's a focus. There's, there's a focus, an external focus on all of the negative. So already that sets us up into this mindset that, that things, are, things are not great. And then what happens is that when, that when that inner critic latches on to all of the negativity around us, we suffer what, what's commonly referred to as tunnel vision. So when we are, when we're looking or, or when we're feeling negative as a result of, of our negative talk, negative self-talk, we're only going to focus on the things that are wrong. It almost prevents us from seeing what is good and what is right in our lives. And that's, that's how come we get stuck on that hamster wheel. 
I don't know if that answered your question, but... Hey, I can see that hamster. Poor thing, tiring <laughs> itself out. Hey, hey, he's running too far. Hey, stop him. Please, uh, Mike, put a stop to that poor guy. He's still <laughs> running. Hey, that's bad, eh? And I got no water to give him, so uh, hamster, please stop it. Yeah, Mike, you know, you make a lot of sense then. And I'm, uh, I'm thinking about that individual uh, that is hypersensitive to the environment and in their hypersensitivity, you know, they look at uh, others and there's an expectation from them on others to be, uh, you know what, you be more caring towards me. It's, you know, mm. I'm the hypersensitive one. When I'm around you, please, you do as I tell you. Um, how do you explain that to a scenario, Mike? Well, you know, then, then, you, then you're talking about, about somebody who is, is losing the capacity to, to actually see the good in their life. And so, so, so once again, it, I, I go back to this point of almost this tunnel vision where we're focusing on the negative. And, and when, we, when we, we, we focus on the negative, what happens is um, it's a term that's used in cognitive behavioral therapy called cognitive distortions, so we then can easily misinterpret somebody's intentions. So somebody will, will make a comment, and because we're in such a negative frame of mind, we're going to interpret that as them being mean or nasty to us, when really, if you look at it objectively, it was just a, it, it was just a comment that was not meant maliciously or, or in a hurtful manner. So we become far more sensitive to everything that's happening around us. And then there's this expectation that because we're, we're so sensitive, people should be more caring and, and more aware of, of how we're actually feeling. So we then start placing this expectation on everybody to start catering for our own needs. Yeah, Michael, then, you know, you get uh, we as individuals, uh, you know, we've got the keys to the gate. You can lock that gate and, you know, don't let anyone in or don't let any thoughts in. Or we can open that gate, you know, and allow it to come through. So the question begs, why do we entertain our inner critics' brutal ramblings, Michael? Well, you see, the, <laughs> the thing is, is that we, we, we can't necessarily control it. It's just, it's a feedback system from, from the brain that, that just runs. It's constantly giving us feedback about our environment because originally it was a survival strategy. So we, we can't stop it per se, but we can challenge it and we can question it and we can try and change the way that we view things and, and our perspective on things and how we go to life on a daily basis. And that's where the work comes in. So the very first step is, is to actually start listening to what, that, what your inner critic is saying to you. And a very good question to ask yourself is, would I speak to my best friend the same way that I speak to myself? And if you, if you said, yes, I would speak to my best friend like that, chances are they're not going to be your best friend for very much longer. Because we're pretty harsh on ourselves. And we, you know, what we, what we say to ourselves is damaging a lot of the time. So the very first step is to, is to start becoming aware of that inner voice and questioning that that rhetoric and and that dialogue that's that's going on constantly in our in our heads absolutely you know uh, when we're at school they say sticks and stones will break my bones but never never words i think that's a lie because words <laughs> i mean you know words cause world wars words absolutely break up absolutely. relationships words okay. the speech you know it's it's, it's a index of your heart the tongue is the index of what's in your heart and what's in your thoughts and mm. the words that you choose. And, you know, uh, when you are confronted by certain uh, situations and the first word you ex exclaim or the superlatives you use is an indication 
of what you made of uh, Michael your thoughts absolutely uh, you know we um, we create our own reality um, so so let me give you a very simple example of that uh, let's say we're, we're on our way to work and and the traffic is 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 quite heavy we have a choice in that moment Either we can accept it and we can put on some nice music and we can enjoy the drive to work, or we can become very frustrated and very, very angry. It's our, our mood and our attitude is not going to change the situation. It's our perspective and the way that we view the situation that is going to differ. So we do have a choice at any any given moment in time as to how we, we perceive the world and, and the environment around us. Now, Mike, you know, we talk about uh, repetitive and negative thinking. I know it comes, has to do with your uh, self-esteem, your anxiety, your depression, and all that comes. You come in as a package. Now, imagine if you have a person that has uh, this trait of RNT in them, and they become perhaps your manager or they become a head of a department and uh, they're making everyone's life a misery. What happens then, Michael? Well, that, that, that's a difficult situation. And unfortunately, I think it's a situation that many, many employees find themselves in. But the important thing is not to internalize it as being a personal attack on you, but rather to, to detach yourself. And if the boss is in a bad mood, he's in a bad mood. He's the only one who can sort his bad mood out. So I choose not to allow his mood to affect the way that I'm going to go to work today. That's the, that's the only thing that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially, I mean, we need to be realistic. Yeah, you know, so much has changed in this country. And, uh, you know, the dynamics of uh, race still comes through. And, uh, you know, many of maybe the minorities today are feeling that they're being marginalized. You know, you go for a job situation and you're told blunt, uh, bluntly, you know, we have a BEE policy. Uh, sorry, you won't get the job and, you know, and so forth and so forth. And in that uh, case, uh, you know, the anger that starts building in you and suddenly, you know, you start to grapple with yourself. How do I handle this uh, issue? I'm angry, but I'm so, uh, you know, burdened by what's happening around me. What happens then to that individual, you know, that's highly qualified, that has everything, but the job that they, not, uh, they, they don't get because of the uh, academic qualifications they have, Someone with a you know lower qualification gets a job all the time, and you look around you that uh, the delivery is uh, you know not par excellence. What happens then to the psyche of a nation that is confronted with uh, a situation like this, uh, Michael? Well, obviously, it 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 can have a it can have a detrimental effect, um, but once again, we always have a choice. And maybe this is a great opportunity to, to pursue or, or to open your own business or to, to, to start something or, or do you, you know what I mean? So, so once again, it, it's, it's the perspective that you choose to have. So you can either, you can either assume that, 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 uh, and excuse the phrase that that victim mentality or you can choose to see this as an opportunity to do something different to step outside the box to explore other avenues and maybe maybe with when when the, when we enter into a positive frame of mind what it does is it shows us the opportunities in front of us but when we're in that negative headspace, as I said, we suffer from tunnel vision and that then closes us off 
to opportunities and possibilities. So it really is, a, it, it, the, the onus is on the individual to, to change their mindset and to, to look for the opportunities that are there. Now, uh, Michael, you know, you talk about, uh, we talk about self-talk and then you get this, uh, you remember the boxer in the corner and someone's talking to him all the time. Hey, you know, you're the best and you must do this and you must do that. And then that person, yeah, I am the best. I am the best. And he starts talking to himself and psycho- mm. uh, psychologically, you know, can self-talk uh, help us to see the reality around us and, uh, you know, and tell us, hey, you know what, there's a situation there, but you are better than this what is around you you're the best and can that self-talk motivate you into becoming maybe a superstar absolutely absolutely there's there is no reason why we can't utilize that self-talk in a positive and, and and constructive manner you know each of us each of us has unlimited potential and each of us has within us the ability to achieve great things. One just has to look at at those people who have been very successful. Um, take Benzo from from Amazon. I mean, at at one point, I think he was he was working selling fried chicken or something like that. But he pursued his idea and he went for it. And that lies within all of us. We just have to hone the skill of not allowing that negative self-talk to take us hostage, but to rather use it to motivate us to reach our full potential. Yeah, really enjoying Mike this evening, people. What about you? Cool, calm and collected, eh? Brilliant indeed. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're cool, my brother. You're cool. Uh, <laughs> So, so, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm reading you right. So, you know, we, 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 we shouldn't simply, you know, bury our heads in the sand, insulate ourselves from criticism, uh, criticism, and overindulge in a diet of self-love and positive affirmation. Our inner critic can provide us with a valuable insight into our own shortcomings. After all, this is uh, we are human beings, uh, Michael. We are human provided. beings. We, 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 we proud, uh, prone to mistakes. Yeah, you said provided. I'm waiting. Tell okay. us provided. So this is so this is this is one of the keys, okay. Providing that that inner critic is giving you factual information. So when we're in a negative, when we're in a when we when we are in a negative headspace, and and that that critic is being negative. It, that voice is going to focus on everything we've we've failed at. The key is to focus on everything that you've succeeded in. And when we start listing what we've succeeded in, then suddenly we become aware of the fact that we have all of this potential. So. Yes, you, you, you got through school. Yes, you went to university. Yes, you, you, you've achieved this in your life and you've achieved that in your life. And regardless of what it is, it, it, it doesn't have to be that you, 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 you got a doctorate cum laude or whatever the case may be. When you're looking for, for what you've succeeded in, for some people, the fact that they got out of bed, they showered, and then they're on their way to work, that's a win. Because they might previously have not been able to do that due to severe depression or, 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 or something like that. So it really is about switching our focus from what we haven't achieved to everything that we have achieved. Now, what about criticism? You know, uh, if you criticize yourself and uh, I don't know, will your, your, your mental persona take that? You know, some people, when they start getting self-critical, then they, some of them end off, mm, I don't know where, Michael. Talk to well, us. One, once again, um, Shafat, it's about, 
what are you what are you basing what are you basing that criticism on? What yeah, you get some yeah, you know you sometimes you, you maybe individuals uh, that have colleagues around them and you know this person finds that they're always undermining them and then he talks to himself, there's something wrong with me. Why not not only one individual, but there's ten individuals telling me the same thing and you start, you know, then, critical of yourself then and then what if, happens then? <laughs> then if there's ten individuals telling you the same thing, there's validity. There's there's quite possibly a valid reason why they're saying that. Mm. And then it's a case of going, all right. I'm receiving this feedback from my colleagues. They're all saying the same thing. Let's just use an example. I don't listen or I interrupt people. So if 10 people are telling me that I interrupt them when they're trying to speak to me, clearly that is something that I need to work on. Brilliant there, Michael. And then you get the other scenario. 10 individuals telling that individual, hey, you are simply the best. But the individual that really matters to that person, perhaps maybe a spouse or so, telling them mm-hmm. you're simply the worst. <laughs> what happens then, Michael? <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, now we're getting into very, very stormy water. I've got to be very careful what I say now. <laughs> Talk to me, Mike. <laughs> okay, it's very different. One and one's got to one's got to take that into consideration. When we're when we're in the workplace, we have a we we have a, a, a different persona for want of a of 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 of, 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 a, of a description, because we're not as emotionally involved at work, so we're far less vulnerable. And our performance is being judged on what we actually produce. When we get home, then we are then we're vulnerable. And that person has a far more intimate knowledge of who we are as a person. So I can be a superstar at work, but I can be a lousy husband when I get home. So, so it you is make- possible that those two exist simultaneously. So you're making a lot of sense, uh, Mike. You know, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, different people have a different opinion, but the person uh, that you're living with 24-7 perhaps could give you a more, uh, you know, a critical or a more uh, better analysis of yourself than others, uh, Michael. Well, this is it, and and again, I, I, I go back to this uh, to this point because this is such a this is such an important point to understand. What factual evidence do I have that supports this thought, or what factual evidence does this person have that supports their criticism of me? And then the question is. What do I need to take responsibility for? So if my spouse is complaining that I don't spend enough time with the family, then it's my responsibility to have a look at what I do. And so coming home and sitting down in front of the TV and waiting for dinner to be served and then carrying on watching TV. Yes, you may be home, but you're not spending quality time. And then it's important to ascertain what is what do they mean by quality time? You know. So we constantly have to have to be aware of it and the the, the secret to all of this is is to take feedback as feedback and to see what we can do with it and is there anything that we need to change or be responsible for yeah michael then you know you hear the terms and uh, you know people who be common uh, commonly referred to as a hey, psychopaths uh, sociopaths narcissists you know they tend to uh, uh, i mean these 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 terms are used loosely and uh, is it fair for us to do that, use these terms so loosely, calling people psychopaths and narcissists and hedonistics and so forth and so forth, uh, are we given that liberty 
to do that, uh, Michael. Mm, no. <laughs> No, right. and, and unfortunately, the you know the where it comes from, eh, Mike? Okay, and, and anyway, we won't go there. Carry okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 problem is is that people Google, uh, or oh, sorry to use Google, people go onto the internet and they they do research, and. The amazing thing about the research is that you will always find something that supports your argument without necessarily looking at things that don't support your, your, your um, argument. And it's not right. It's not appropriate to, to label people just flippantly uh, with, with that, sort of, that sort of label. Because there's a very distinctive diagnostic criteria before somebody can be labeled a psychopath or a sociopath or a narcissist, for example. What about this, uh, Michael? You know, generally uh, in the field we in, we get a lot of people coming to us and complimenting us. Oh, you know, Shafat, oh, you're so good. I say, thank you, thank you. You see my face is a mirror and you're seeing your reflection. And you'll get this one, two individual coming and say, oh, yeah, no, you can do better there. You know, you like this and that. So thank you very much. Thank you for your criticism. Uh, by the way, my face is a mirror and you've seen your reflection. And in both ways, uh, you know what? I feel good. Like, you know what? I don't feel over ego fight and I don't feel, you know, some others have insulted me. But, I, you know, I'm level headed of what I take. But using words of, uh, you know, wisdom, how important is that, uh, Michael? Well, it's very important, and 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 clearly, you have a very healthy self-esteem. So, <laughs> so your oh, inner critic is, is is not nearly as active as some people's is. Uh, um, and you know, it's it, it's just to it always helps just to to take a look at the person who's giving you the feedback. Yeah, and and what is what is their agenda or yeah. are they being negative because they want to feel better about themselves? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of dynamics that 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 come into play, and the the, the secret is 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 not to take everything so personally. Don't, don't try and avoid personalizing everything because if you do, you're going to end up being a nervous wreck with a very, very dominant negative self uh, talk. You know, Michael, this is where, you know, I think prayer comes in and the connection with the divine. You know, when you uh, look at things, uh, I mean, when you read the stories of many successful people, you'll find that, you know, some will say, uh, my, my, my caravan shall move on and let the dogs bark. You know, you hear mm. people talking that and some will say, oh, maybe the grapes are sour. And many people were criticized, uh, perhaps unfairly, but they carried on and they didn't dwell on that uh, negativity that was coming around them. They actually uh, rose above that. And, you know, there's this, uh, um, I, I attended a, a, a motivational talk where the individual said, the greater the opposition uh, greater the flight, and he says, you know, the aeroplane generally has to take up, uh, take off against the wind. It can't yep. go with the wind; other will crash. So, in life, those people that are giving us the opposition, uh, Michael, they could be mm. a blessing uh, in disguise for us. Your thoughts? No, definitely, definitely. Um, there's, a, I, I'm not sure if you know of of the the author Tim Ferriss. Uh, yes. He wrote a, 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 a he wrote the four hour work day film mm. four hour work week etc cetera, etc. Cetera. He wrote he wrote a book called Tribe of Mentors where he interviewed the most successful people in a multitude of disciplines around the world. And when you when you read those stories, the majority of people have failed before they became so successful. And they will attribute their success to that failure because it was in that failure that they realized what they needed to do 
and found that thing that made them particularly, particularly famous. So it's all about how we manage it and, and how we process it. That's yeah, going Michael. to make the difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, because it brings me to this question, you know, it's, I think uh, it's quite an important one. The fine line between constructive self-reflection and destructive patterns of negative self-talk. Uh, this is a fine line because if you start, you know, not believing in yourself, uh, you're going to wither away, yeah, Michael. I agree with you. And what... What can make the difference is 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 taking a very realistic view. So, so challenging that thought, and again looking for looking for evidence that supports that thought and evidence that doesn't support that thought. So, if for example, I think, oh, I'm 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 so ugly. What, how many, how many people have told me that? One. How many people have told me that I've got nice eyes or I've, I've got uh, nice bone structure or I've got nice hair or 15? So obviously this idea that I'm ugly is something that I'm generating because I can't base it on any factual information. But there's enough evidence to support the idea that, yes, I might not be the best looking man in, in, in the neighborhood, but people have complimented me on my looks before. And that's where, that's how you begin to differentiate between that uh, constructiveness and destructiveness. Yeah, you know, that is important. And, you know, once you get into a bad habit, well, it becomes a bad habit, and that bad habit can lead to many things. But, uh, you know, what steps should uh, an, an individual take to uh, break up this bad habit of uh, being uh, too critical on, on themselves and, uh, you know, letting Mr. Negativity control the mind? What should they do? Mike. So, so, so f step one, step one, and it's not, it's not that easy, okay? Because remember, you, you're talking about, uh, if, if you're a 40-year-old, you're talking about 40 years of this voice, this inner critic uh, at work. Um, the first thing is, is, is to become aware of those, those thoughts, okay? And then the next step is to start challenging them. So... Oh, I'm so useless at my job. What am I basing this on? What, what, what evidence do I have that supports my thought that I am useless at my job? So if I've, if I've had six disciplinary hearings for incompetence, then clearly there's, there's something to be said about my work performance. But if there's no, there's been no disciplinary hearings, and in actual fact, last year I got an increase, um, and two years ago I got a promotion, then that's evidence that I'm actually quite good at what I do. You know, Michael, as you said, if the person is good, but in today's uh, society, we won't say all, uh, most of the people, you know, they like to undermine individuals. You know, I mean, uh, let's take this uh, soccer coach, Jose Mourinho. I don't know if you know him. And he's always, you know Jose? Mike? Uh, not, no, I don't. All I'm right, okay. He's this uh, famous soccer coach. And mm. he always reminds reporters, he tells them, three, me, I want three, three Champions mm. League. So he's telling them, you know what? I'm the master. So uh, respect. This is said, I demand respect from you. Well, we'll give him the respect. And uh, maybe, you know, sometimes you have to tell an audience who you are. And if they still don't take you seriously, so you give reference. You say, okay, you see on World Space, 1,000 radio stations, and I won four. You're listening? Four awards uh, mm. from World Space. I mean, you know, do you need to make the statement? Because uh, it seems as if people um, <laughs> do not take people seriously till they show them something or some references 
of the credentials of what they had done and achieved, and perhaps showing this ind individual uh, respect for that. What's your thoughts on that, uh, Mike? You know, one, once again, you've got to you've got to look at where it's coming from. So a lot of the time, people will be negative to make themselves feel better. Or in, in the case that, that, in the example that you gave, there's a possibility that those reporters are wanting to provoke that person. <laughs> well said. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you're onto something, Mike. Because, because it's going to be far more sensational and far more newsworthy if they can provoke this person into some kind of reaction. So you've yep. always got to have a look at the source and, 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 and ask yourself, what is driving this? What, what is the motive behind this? You know? Now, you know, absolutely brilliant. I mean, what you said, they trigger him up, they wind him up. And people know that, you know, certain people, some uh, individuals, you can just get, I mean, he can be a top player, you know, a, a brilliant sportsman, but you just hit his weak spot, you know, emotionally get him, you know, going off the handle, you beat him just through words. And it's amazing what uh, human beings uh, can succumb to, Michael. It's, it's a quite amazing thing. And uh, then, you know, you're listening to your inner critic and it's uh, it's a challenging thing, your inner critic, you know, you, you, is he challenging you or is he motivating you? What is your inner, inner critic trying to do to you, uh, Michael? Tell us. Well, I think, it's, I think it's going to depend on the circumstances. And I think that it is going to depend on how dominant that inner critic is. So if, that, if, if you've never challenged that inner critic and that inner critic has kind of it dominates your your every thought then the chances are it's negative and it's destructive but if you if you are able to challenge those thoughts and you're able to challenge that inner critic then there is a possibility that it could be very constructive mm. so once again it's going to depend on the situation and it's going to it's going to depend on how good you are at challenging those thoughts and 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 questioning those thoughts. And no, it's absolute. a skill, yeah, yeah. You know, as you said, it's a skill, and uh, perhaps through maturity, you may uh, you know you you get better at it. And then uh, I've got a paragraph in front of me. I'll just read this to you. It's mm. from a young uh, Kang Chan author of the disbelief of uh, disbelief habit and he explains that attempting to control our inner dialogue is nearly impossible we don't have complete command over our subconscious mind and the thoughts that pop into our brains but we do have control over how we choose to respond to them that's an absolutely go. brilliant paragraph uh, michael it's Your what comment? i've it's what I've been saying is that mm. at any given moment, we have a choice. We have a choice as to how we are going to respond. And that's the most important thing to remember. I don't have to feel like this. I don't have to believe everything my inner voice is telling me. I choose to be different i choose to be in a different space i agree with that with that uh, with that paragraph we have a choice we always have a choice absolutely and you know we might not be able to switch our inner critic off but we don't necessarily have to believe everything it says yeah because you know look at the mind how powerful it is look at the brain how powerful that is and all these uh, you know, faculties that's uh, given to us uh, by our, our creator. Uh, it's fascinating. And, you know, perhaps you find those uh, that are perhaps more spiritually connected have a better control. How, I don't know, how do you read it? Those in the academic field, those in the spiritual world, 
who are better adapted to controlling the inner critic, Mike? Well, it's it's because it's because of their it, it's because of their exposure, and it's because of their you know they they've obviously studied and spent time learning about the importance of 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 self awareness and learning to challenge to challenge that that inner critic which unfortunately for the average person in the population they've never had any training in it uh, so so those in in the academic fields and 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 spiritually uh, they 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 have an advantage uh, in 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 that respect but it doesn't mean that it's out of the reach of anybody and this is something that i feel is probably important to share at this moment in time we can't have two opposing emotions at the same time so one of the best ways to start counteracting that that inner critic is with gratitude I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I can see. I'm grateful that I can breathe. I'm grateful that I can walk, because when you're when you're practicing gratitude, it's th- th- there's no space for the inner critic. Mm, you know, Mike, I, I do a Friday show, and I'm getting to listen to it uh, on uh, on an FM radio in in KZN, and mm. I got a listener every Friday without fail. You send me this uh, note. An attitude of gratitude, <laughs> I say, and I, and, 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 and I do read it out for the listeners because, you know, he makes a lot of sense. And, you know, for example, if, you know, if your inner critic tells you that you'll never be successful, then there's a suggestion. Ask it proof. Tell me, OK, prove it. Where's the proof that I won't be successful? Uh, will things like that work? It will, but then, <laughs> then you've also then got to take responsibility. So if I've if if I've been sitting at home and I haven't been stu- and I haven't been studying, and I fail my exams, I need to take responsibility for that. If I want to be successful, I've got to put in the action. It's not going to land in my lap. Uh, I've got to. I've got to put in the work, and that's often where where some people struggle is learning to take responsibility for their actions. Mm, and they just pass the buck. That's the danger. That's the biggest danger. They pass the yep. buck on you. <laughs> yeah, you know, because of you, I'm like, okay, yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, you, you know what we on that level there, Doc. But uh, I'm looking at a U.S. psychologist, uh, Dr. Krista, Krista Smith, also suggests in an article for Psychology Today, giving your inner critic a name or even a face. Doing so allows you to assert power over your thoughts and scrutinize your internal dialogue from a distance. Hey, the game's getting more interesting, Prof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michael. <laughs> hey, they're playing good games here. Yeah. Your thoughts? That's that's that can be a highly effective strategy for 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 some people. It might not work for others. Um, it it but it 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 certainly can help that uh, to 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 give it a name. Um. So oh. Harry is saying this to me now, you know. So it is it is one strategy that one could use, but I think it's very, very much a personal choice as to whether that's, that would be something that would work for you. Mm, and that individual say, ah, I spoke to Harry here just now, and Harry <laughs> told me that to tell you this. And you wonder, well, oh, who's Harry? Uh, so I'd like to yeah, meet Harry. It, it could lead to problems, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> God, oh God, yeah, Mike, you're a cool guy. I mean, you're handling all the situation, eh? I can just imagine how you know you may be telling him, "Hey, close your eyes and get in <laughs> touch with the voice. See if you can sense what your critic looks like and give it a name that fits it." As you go through your day and you're closing your eyes and you're preoccupied with your self-critic, 
how detrimental that can be uh, for the job that you're in. And at certain time, can you lose your job because of your inner critic, your self-critic that's worrying you all the time, Michael? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if that, if that self-critic is, is, is very dominant, they can cause you to, to, to be anxious. They can pr- cause you to, to not perform optimally at work. They, it, can, it can fill you with so much doubt that eventually you just resign or you, you just stop going to work. So it's, it's very important that, and, and I'm very, very happy that, you, that, that, that we're having this discussion because this is a very, very real thing. And it's great that there's, a, that there's more awareness around this now. Um, we, do need to, we do need to monitor what that inner critic is saying to us because half of the time it's not based on anything. It's just faulty perception. Hmm. Then, uh, on a lighter note, I don't know whether this is a serious note, Michael, but we have that uh, <laughs> trust in each other, right? When Surah yeah. Ramaphosa comes and he says, I have a dream, and this will be, and that will be, and that will not be. And they say he's a great dreamer. Uh, how do we evaluate our president? Maybe he's talking too much, but not delivering. Uh, there's a tug of war. Uh, how would you analyze CR? Oh, that's very complex, and I choose not to engage <laughs> in that. <laughs> hey, I thought Michael would go for it. Anyway, I respect you. That's professionalism. But, you know, these are the scenarios. These are the thoughts, and we look at individuals, and many are looking at us, Mike, like we're having a conversation this evening. I mean, you know, we go to around the world. We have a podcast that people can call up anytime you and i will leave the uh, this earth thousand years from now our great 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 grandchildren said hey there's uh, our great grandfather you know <laughs> michael and there's shafat that are there and hey look at the conversation they were having but you know michael generations change absolutely the message will always be the same human mm. beings will have these challenges uh, perhaps your parting words uh, this evening in every given moment, we have a choice. It's up to us to decide whether we're going to allow that inner critic to contaminate our view of the world and our view of ourselves, or if we're going to use that feedback loop constructively. It's up to us. But what we always also need to remember is that we need to ultimately take responsibility for our own actions. Absolutely. I think that's the way to close. (laughs) That's a brilliant point indeed. And uh, uh, clinical psychologist Michael Tehran, absolute pleasure having you. And you know what? We missed each other for far too long. I know. I mean, mean, it's, 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 it's not fair. And I'm glad you uh, you prodded me. And there's it. It's done. And it's a done deal. And uh, you know what? We should make a plan at least once a month. We have to choose a topic and we'll go for it. And uh, the ball is in your court. The next topic is yours. And uh, we, we will discuss it on uh, this platform. Thank you very much for being with us, uh, Mike. You have a it's blessed evening. Ahead, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Take care. Take care. You too, Michael. You. Thanks very much. Ciao. Bye.